Greetings, fellow tech seekers. Sean from Silicon Theory here, and I'm back and better than ever before. On this beautiful, sunny, and warm day here in Southern California, here are some of the interesting news and views from the week ending April 21st, 2018. Google Report. So first up, let's chat about chat, shall we? Or instead of chat, let's say the universal profile for rich communication services, which is in essence what Google is rebranding as chat. So a little bit of context. Earlier this week, uh, the folks over at The Verge got a scoop from Google that they were in effect coercing, cajoling, and otherwise threatening all of the carriers and many OEMs into adopting a universal profile for the next generation of text messaging, which moving beyond SMS and into RCS, that's that rich communication services that I mentioned earlier, that is kind of the next generation standard and is something that's very similar to what Apple uses for iMessage right now. So Google has been trying for a very long, long, long time to integrate an updated chat messaging platform and longtime listeners of the show will know that Sean P and I have ranted and railed at Google for this simple failing of not being able to provide a unified messaging chat platform for basically almost a decade now. We've gone through Android Messages, Hangouts, Allo, and a host of other third-party services, and now what it appears is Google has in effect given up, and what they're saying is instead of us developing a messaging platform, let's talk about a standard for communication that not only we, but everyone else will hopefully use as well. That's where the cajoling and threatening part comes in. So Google has partnered with all of the major carriers as well as a number of different OEM vendors, including Samsung, to basically say that this new chat standard will be the underpinnings of all of their messaging platforms and apps. So for example, in Android Messages, it will support RCS or chat in its every, well, not in its configuration, in every configuration on every carrier. And when RCS is not available for a consumer on the other end, they will receive it as a simple SMS text message. Now, there are a lot of good things about this and there are some not so good things about this. So one, it isn't a unified messaging platform. So again, bad on Google for attempting to do something and just basically straight up admitting that they failed. Although in failing, they have decided to admit that they're moving resources from the Allo platform team and they're going to be dedicating them to the chat platform team, which is going to support Android messages. So we're not going to have Allo uh, going forward as this RCS or chat um, basis, which is probably good for everybody because, you know, nobody uses Allo. And in essence, what Google is saying is, hey, we are bad. We're trying to figure out something that will work for everybody. And because they can't have something that probably all of the carriers would support, what they can do is enforce a standard that the carriers then can support. So you will find chat probably in Samsung's messaging platform. It'll probably be supported by Verizon messaging services, T-Mobile's messaging services. Uh, I don't know if Sprint um, still exists, quite honestly, but if they have a messaging service, it will also be supported by that. And in essence, you can say, if you want to use Android messages, good. If you want to use Verizon messages or Samsung messaging's platform or any other third-party messaging platform, although we have very little information as to whether or not this new chat standard will be supported by third-party messaging apps. I use Textra, for example. And 
If it doesn't, then we could see the end of third-party messaging apps as we know them if they're not being bound and sold by the carriers, which is not really a terrific thing, but in the end, if it brings us closer to a unified messaging platform, then you know what? I'm all for it. So our chat about chat will end like this. Supposedly, the carriers will bring about the standard and enact it in their messaging platforms sometime this year, 2018, and it will be supported by a number of other different carriers' messaging platforms, as I've already mentioned, but I think Google's hope is that Android Messages, because it will be by default installed on every Android phone that's sold, that will kind of be the de facto iMessage for Android users. And honestly, I've used Android Messages in the past. It's not terrible. And if not for a few other things that I like consistently about Textra better, I would probably be using the Android Messages app myself right now. I am locked into the Google ecosystem, so using their messaging platform wouldn't bother me that much. But right now, there are still other third-party apps that just simply do it better. So until Chad is turned on, we will basically keep on doing what we're doing right now. Apple Report. In Apple news, the question we really want to pose is, is the iPhone 10 dead? It is, if you believe this report from CNBC that came out just a few days ago, and they're quoting a couple of different analysts, so make sure you take this with a grain of salt. But CNBC's headline in the tech area says, Apple's iPhone 10 will be killed off this year. Now, do we really think that the iPhone 10 will be killed off? I don't know. There's been some other evidence and the analyst uh, Ming-Chi Kuo from KGI Securities has also kind of hinted at something along these lines, but let's take a look at what the report from CNBC is actually saying. So Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, a company known as TSMC, is the world's largest semiconductor foundry company. And they're basically saying that there is an oversupply of chips that are the ones that are designed to go into the iPhone 10. And so because of this oversupply, what they're correlating this to is that there is weak demand for the iPhone 10, and because of the declines in iPhone 10 orders and the inventory issue at TSMC at record highs, Basically, this reflects a need to burn off the inventory. Why? Because the iPhone 10 is dead. And this comes from Neil Campling, the co-head of Mirabod Securities. And the piece of information that I gave you just before is a direct quote from this report in, from him in the CNBC article. Easy for me to say. Now, again, there's also some other information here that AMS, Apple's key supplier of the Face ID technology or the components that go into the Face ID technology, also um, gives some unusual guidance as part of their earnings reports, which could also indicate that orders for the iPhone 10 are down. Um, and Campling himself has indicated that he says that the single biggest problem with the iPhone 10 is that it's too expensive. And, you know, again, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've heard Sean P and I argue that that's probably true. And we made that same argument about out, um, the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus, and we made it about the Galaxy Note 9, or excuse me, the Note 8 as well. And uh, we made it also about the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL. Well, not so much the Pixel 2, but the Pixel 2 XL when it was launched, especially at the 128 gigabyte SKU. Um, you know, $1,000 is a lot for a smartphone. And could people be moving away from it or not flocking to purchase it because of the price tag? Yeah, absolutely. 
there's some reason to take this report with a grain of salt and a healthy dose of skepticism. And uh, I'm sure if you follow my podcast, you probably know who Renee Ritchie is. But if you don't, Renee Ritchie is an Apple evangelist over at iMore and will probably have a rebuttal argument for this CNBC article uh, coming out next week, I would imagine. But um, what I'm going to say is probably going to echo some of his thoughts. And Part of that is reasons we've discussed on the show before, which is that you know people aren't paying full retail price for their iPhone 10s, and probably not for their iPhone 8 and 8 Pluses either for that matter, but when you go on most carriers' websites, you have the ability to subsidize the payment somewhat by basically breaking it down into 18 or 24 month payment payments. And this payment plan structure is basically what replaced the subsidized model of the ability to purchase phones and then signing a two-year contract that most of the major U.S. mobile carriers had uh, prior to a couple of years ago. Now, when you say the iPhone 10 is $1,000, people go, wow, that's too much money. I can't afford that. And then when you say the iPhone 10 will cost you $35 a month, they go, oh, well, you know what? That's actually not that bad. That's probably like... Um, seven different uh, Starbucks lattes I can probably just give up during the month and then I'm home and I have this brand new phone that's pretty awesome. And make no mistake, the technology inside the iPhone 10 is pretty good. Um, you can check out our video feed over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory for our review of the iPhone 10 and it's nice. The only thing I really didn't care for about it was Face ID. I think Touch ID is a superior solution but I think for most part people will probably really enjoy the iPhone 10. Uh, if nothing more for the fact that it's got a really big display that's very very nice now again going back to the sales numbers Apple's not going to tell us how well or how poorly the iPhone 10 sold and maybe that's a good thing because really when you boil all this stuff down what we have is an analyst's opinion which much like mine and the reason why you're listening to this podcast is to get that very opinion but I say take that opinion with a great assault simply because what we know right now is that a company has a bunch of parts on the shelves and not much more than that. There's a lot of ways that that information could be interpreted and maybe Apple ramped up production because they expected higher sales than they got. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the iPhone 10 is selling poorly and it certainly doesn't mean that it's going to be killed off anytime soon. Now, that same report from CNBC also did cite that they believe that there might be uh, some evidence that shows that a lower cost iPhone could be coming maybe even priced around $500. And they're also speculating that another could be a model that has space for two SIM cards or dual SIM uh, configuration, which is very popular uh, for companies overseas in European and Asian markets. Uh, Samsung, in fact, has a skew of their Galaxy S8 model that comes in dual SIM configuration that's designed primarily for overseas and for business travelers. So uh, there is some additional news in there that could be good news for Apple. And even if this news in and of itself isn't necessarily good for Apple, it also doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad for them either. Everyone else report. I hate it when I go long because then I feel like I have to short everyone else from all of the news, but there was some pretty big news from Google and Apple this week, so I'll try and be light. We talked earlier this week about the final phase of the Android Things operating system coming out and how that potentially Google might be looking at buying the Withings division of Nokia and how it could incorporate in with smart things in the home. I will say this, I'm really a big proponent of smart home and smart home, smart home technology. Uh, as I've mentioned before on previous shows, I own multiple Google Homes in the house and I love them. I have a Ring doorbell, a uh, smart doorbell that I would love to install, but our homeowners association won't allow me to do that, which kind of sucks. But 
that would be a great integration piece. And I think that if Google can pick up this hardware division from Nokia, I think that there would be a lot of interesting developments that they would be able to do with it. Now, um, the fact that the Swedish government, I think, is more interested in having them be sold to another Swedish group could potentially have a very significant effect on that outcome. But we'll wait and see how that goes. The Android Things OS could come to a number of di different devices, a number of different smart devices near you. So rest assured, again, we will stay on top of this. And also, I wanted to follow up on a story that uh, I touched on earlier in the week. ZTE um, suffered a very significant blow to their business model when the U.S. government indicated that they were going to ban them from purchasing U.S. technology products. And Google then subsequently issued a statement that they were unsure of the fact that they may or may not be able to make the um, uh, Google Play services uh, information and packages available to their Android devices, which ZTE then subsequently came out and said, um, yeah, we're not sure if we can continue in this business model. Now, granted, again, they were caught uh, attempting to sell products to Iran, and Iran is a company that's on the banned list, and you know, that's uh, probably not uh, something that you want to do anytime soon. And. There's a lot of things that need to be unpacked here, but the end result is, is that their decision to basically pay bonuses to 35 different executives could end up costing them their corporate livelihood and their company. And I'm sure if they had their druthers and had a chance, they would love to go back and do it all over again because I don't think those 35 people are more important than everybody else in their jobs. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the station, make sure you favorite or subscribe so you can get all of our audio content. We're pumping out about three episodes per week right now, and then the ST Weekly Recap Show, which you are listening to right now, uh, on Saturday mornings. Uh, I know it's Saturday afternoon. Sorry about that. It was a beautiful day here in Southern California, so I got a chance to get the family out and about, and so we did that. Uh, again, you can find all of our content over at SiliconTheory.com. Follow us on social. We are at Silicon Theory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And mentioned before, our video content is over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory. This episode has been sponsored by no one, but if you are interested in sponsoring the show or getting some information about sponsorship, reach out to us. We are SiliconTheory at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you about that. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, we will talk tech soon.